So hi, this is Aaron Orlando, I'm creative director of the Revelstoke Mountaineer. Um, I'm joined here with Fraser Blythe and Haley Ross and Lily as well. Um, Lily's about three months old, so we might have an interruption in the middle of this, but we're, uh, we're doing good for now. Um, we're talking today about um, the new Revelstoke food security strategy. Haley and Fraser were the consultants who worked on it, so we're going to try and figure out about the, the, the newly released plan, uh, what it's all about, what the background is, and uh, talk about uh, food security stuff for Revelstoke. So you guys, thank you very much for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for having Thanks. us. So like right at the start, um, what is the, the food security strategy? I'll send the background. You can do the synopsis of what it is. All right. Well, it's essentially a document that sets out priorities for food security in Revelstoke. Um, it's, it started with the, the food charter, which was initiated by the NCES, and Haley had a big part in that. From that, there was a, a steering committee established for the food charter, mm -hmm. and uh, this was the main priority from that. Uh, it also, if I remember correctly, was an item in the ICSP done a couple of years ago saying Revelstoke needed a food security plan strategy. Yeah, that's right. So um, with the knowledge that there are a growing number of organizations and people working towards bettering Revelstoke's food security, um, there have been, there's been a lot of positive action in that regard in town. Um, and the thought was that the variety of people and organizations involved could benefit from being sort of... Uh, better organized insofar as having a good idea of what it was that we were all doing um, and where there were overlaps in what people were doing and where there were gaps. Um, and then learning to from other communities in our region across Canada and even a little bit down into the States um, with regards to what, what were the, what are the good stories, the successes with regards to addressing food security in those regions that we could oh. learn from. Um, so there was funding sought um, with um, the help of the Revelstoke Economic Development Branch, would you call it? Um, sought funding for that so that we were able to get a, I think it was a CBT grant as well. Oh no, not CBT actually, it was all um, the Real Estate Foundation of BC. And um, and then they put out a call for consultants, and and Fraser and I were hired. So we were able to spend um, sort of a concerted effort to do just what I said, identify what it is that we're what's happening in Revelstoke and and where we can go next. Yeah, and it's set up uh, very similarly to the ICSP, which I worked on. So you know we. We identified actions that needed to be done, uh, and we consulted with different groups and, and tried to assign some tasks to people. And I believe it's uh, I believe it's Alan's job to go out and, and kind of touch base with those organizations and say, you know, are you, are you capable of doing this? And you know, we'd like your help with this. And um, you know, Haley did a really uh, a really great job kind of going to all the organizations and finding out what we're already doing and, and again, 
kind of creating those ties between different organizations so that um, you know community connections knows what NCS is doing and vice versa and so we're not we're, you know part of part of this is trying to reduce duplication and and find efficiencies and and be even more successful in, in achieving food security so tell me about the process of putting the plan together and and more specifically what exactly is in the plan uh, what what does it include uh, what sort of things are, are in it <laughs> well I'll, I'll just go go roughly in terms of how it's structured so um, one of the first things we did was um, developed a a vision for food security in Revelstoke, and that was based very closely on the food charter. Uh, we pretty much just used, we, we pulled from that uh, from that document in developing the vision, and, and this was all guided by um, a steering committee that was made up of community members and people involved in food security and, and uh, people from different organizations. And, and then from that, um, we identified some goals kind of really broad goals, and there were five of them. Uh, those were access to food, so improving access to food, uh, environmentally sustainable food production. Uh, we also included food culture, so preserving skills, um, eating together, and, and how that forms part of the food security strategy. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons we used an image of people eating together on the front cover, because that was kind of an element that's not often touched on. Um, and then there was economic sustainability. So this project came through the Economic Development Department and uh, there are other communities, uh, quite a few in BC, who are creating jobs in food security. And um, so there was that element as well. And then education. So how do we get more people um, educated about what food security is and uh, and what they can do to help achieve it. So that was kind of the main first step, and we did all that with the steering committee. So just to tell you who's on the steering committee, it's, um, uh, so there's Community Connections, who's been mentioned, NCS, which is the North Columbia Environmental Society, and then uh, we had somebody from Interior Health, a nutritionist who's responsible for the Revelstoke region, and we had somebody from the school district, 19, 18, 19. And um, then we had economic development um, and who else was represented on there Wait, from organizations? Yeah, there were two counselors. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. So it was a nice sort of interdisciplinary group of people. Oh, there we go. Oh, we had our city's Revelstoke Environmental Sustainability Coordinator. And an organic farmer. Yeah. yeah. So after that, um, we looked at what, we tried to boil down what some of the trends were that were uh, affecting food security. So essentially, why is food security important? So, you know, the rising cost of fuel and higher dependence on um, getting our food from you know, thousands of kilometers away, those kinds of things. And we just wanted to summarize that to make it really clear that this is why this document's important. And there were 13, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
13 of those that we identified in the document. And, uh, and then we spent, well, Haley spent a lot of time, as I mentioned, going to different organizations and just finding out what everyone does. So we have a long uh, document in the appendix that kind of outlines every single program that's in town. And I don't know how many pages it was. Lot. 20, 30. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was quite, quite long. We were quite a bit in Revelstoke, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then from there, we were able to identify sort of what we're not doing as well. Once we had an idea of what was happening, then it became clear that, oh, well, we're doing a lot in the realm of, say, celebrating food culture. But we're not doing so much in terms of um, economic development around, around food services and food growing in this region, things like that. A major piece of the project was, as Haley mentioned, doing research on what other communities are doing and, you know, trying to pull out the, the good things and the, the things that, you know, weren't pie-in-the-sky options for Revelstoke, but that seemed really realistic. Um, and so, you know, from... And I noticed you used a food uh, metaphor there, pie-in-the-sky. Pie-in-the-sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was... Probably close to half our work, actually. And so that was really great because um, it showed us what other communities are doing, and it gave us a lot of really good ideas about what we could be doing here. Well, speaking about that, what we could be doing, um, pe people are really excited about um, local food things and, and healthy food topics. Um, um, food security is more the, the sort of a, a formal branch of that. What are some of, of the um, initiatives that you're excited about that are enabled by having this kind of plan in place? What, what are some of the opportunities you identified and things that are uh, um, that could be on the horizon as a result of this planning? For, I mean, as, yeah. Off the top of my mind, I think there's a number of uh, people that we spoke to and conversations that we started that um, that seemed to have some promise, which is exciting. And some of them were a little bit unexpected. So, for example, this is this is by no means a project that is currently underway, but it's something that was deemed as being possible was um, the use of uh, green space around Queen Victoria Hospital um, for food production and uh, and the hospital itself actually using some of that food in their um, own kitchen because they have one of the few um, kitchens in the interior health region where they still prepare a lot of their food locally. In a lot of the other hospitals in our region, the food is prepared in a central spot and then sent out to various hospitals. Um, and uh, the management seemed interested and keen to explore that. Um, so that was a really neat conversation to have, and if we want to get into sort of you know more tangible projects that could come out of this, um, another one um, was the just the fact that we we identified so many so many activities really and and potential activities that could take place in Revelstoke, but in order for them to go forward, really they needed somebody, some leader, some group to see it forward. Um, and who is, who's the lead, really, and, and a discussion around that, and what has 
become of that and, and is underway right now is the um, development of um, a food security working group organization that is not is not in the NCS, is not with Community Connections, is not Interior Health, but it's a it's a all of those people continuing to work together as um, an independent working group. And hopefully, um, I know that they have some grant applications in currently, or is it still going in? Anyways, there's grant applications that have been written. I'm not sure if they're submitted yet um, with regards to hiring a coordinator for that um, because you really do need somebody who is, isn't going to do it from the side of their desk. They need to have some focused time on it. Um, and the fact that there are a lot of people in town who would support that and see that go forward is, is really hopeful. Um, what? Yeah, I was just going to say we... We, we tried to distill down all the ideas into some A, ones that could be done really easily and and B, ones that are critical to really moving food security forward in Revelstoke. And, and so, you know, establishing a food security committee, um, creating a food security coordinator position are really uh, important key first steps because without that, you're kind of you've got a bunch of groups moving independently of each other. And, and so um, we're happy to see that that's moved forward. Um, there were a couple other, you know, easy ones. The, the chicken bylaw has come up quite often. And again, that seems like a really easy goal to achieve. And we're, you know, as far as food, con food contributions from chickens and eggs in town, it's already very high, so it just it's kind of a no-brainer, really, in my opinion, to just move forward with that bylaw and allow it and, and um, make sure it's, you know, regulated and, and people are, are, are um, respecting kind of all the rules that need to be in place. Um, yeah, I, I guess one other thing I'd say is, for me, the really interesting stuff came when we did interviews. Um, so when we were trying to identify what some of the major hurdles are for um, improving food security are in town, we did some interviews. So we interviewed local um, food growers, so kind of the, the gardeners and Terra Firma and Herman and uh, Nadia and you know a couple other people working in that field and then uh, we interviewed people who were kind of in the in the meat business, so Greenslide and um, those groups, and 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 then as well as kind of hunters and fishers and and wild foragers. And to me, what was really interesting was kind of the dialogue that happened there. And um, yeah, people kind of working out ideas in front of your eyes and coming up with really. Interesting suggestions. So. <clears throat> Maybe on the flip side of that, what are some things that uh, we're challenged at as a community that maybe we're, we've got a lot of work to do on? What did, uh, what did you find in the strategy that we're maybe not doing so well or yeah, have more work to do on? Well, yeah. <laughs> Winter. <laughs> <laughs> The amount, definitely the amount of land uh, available for growing food because we are limited by, you know, the dam and the, and the river flow. Um, that was one. And, I mean, our winters aren't as long as they are in, say, Alberta. But um, 
winter is definitely a challenge here. So those were, were kind of the two big ones. I don't know if Haley, if you um, had any others, but uh, I guess our kind of isolation as well. We're not as well connected as some other communities are. So, um, you know, we did look at this idea of three different kinds of local and local being within a within a bikeable distance of Revelstoke. So where can we get food that's within a bikeable distance? Um, kind of a regionally local area. So this is kind of doom and gloom, but if, you know, the highways were closed and and we had to find food, where could we get it? And so that kind of it's not doom and gloom like they were closed uh, a few days last yeah. week and, and uh, the vegetable section was decimated. So, yeah. yeah. So it was looking at where, kind of from Shelter Bay to Micah, can we find food? Um, because we're, you know, pretty much constrained to the valley when the highways are closed. And then, you know, we did want to recognize that we have a lot of great partners that come to our farmers markets um, from elsewhere. So a lot of it from the Okanagan. Um, and and so, yeah, I think it was important to kind of differentiate between the two and understand that we are connected, but we are, you know, much more isolated than, than some communities too. And so that's a, a definite challenge. Yeah, and just to build on that, one thing that we did notice is in, in our research and looking at what other communities are doing with regards to um, addressing food security as a concern for their municipality, there, there are there are lots of communities putting together food security strategies sort of like this one. Um, and there have been a number of okay. sort of food security summits, they would call it, or gatherings or um, planning councils and that sort of thing where, uh, where sort of numerous communities from a region get together and they're trying to put together regional strategies. Um, and what we found was that that's happening all around us, but it, Revelstoke hasn't been included in any of them. So from a regional planning perspective, we've been left out. Um, and, and mostly that's because people don't see us as an agricultural region. Therefore, they're not sure. That, therefore, we don't really get invited because I think they see us as not having much to contribute, perhaps, um, to the sort of regional food shed. Um, and yet we could be viewed as being, even if that were true, we should be viewed as probably being a pretty important market for that for the regional area. Um, but um, we would like, there's there's a number of sort of new farmers and stuff in the region who recognize that our climate could be, um, can be quite good for growing in this area. We're just a bit challenged in terms of space. Um, but there are, that was the other challenge, was just looking at, um, yeah, space for, for larger scale growing. And, and is there market, um, push, I guess you could say, to, to support new farmers in developing those areas that are there um, for some, yeah, for, for that food growing potential. I'm all over the map right now with a bouncing baby on my lap. <laughs> um, so just to touch on that idea of space, one of the things we did do is we tried to map out, you know, where, where the space is in the, in the city. Um, so we looked at, we kind of had our good friend Ryan Gill, at, uh, <laughs> he, he did some mapping for us based on a, a criteria that we 
built with the steering committee and um, again pulled out of research. So, you know, what what parcels in town are suitable for growing food? And obviously, the large parcels on flat land with no trees are going to be kind of the the easiest ones to get at. Um, but there were kind of some neat opportunities that came out of that too. You know, like we've got we've got people growing food in back alleys already, even though you know technically they're not supposed to. But you know, if you in a pinch, those would make great food growing spots. Um, another one we looked at were the top of buildings. So Ryan mapped kind of all the flat roofed buildings in town, and we could say, you know, if if we needed food, we can throw some garden boxes up there and and grow some food there. So that was really interesting in terms of, um, you know, recognizing that we are limited for space, um, but also saying that, you know, there is potential in town. And so we did we did rank those parcels and found tried to highlight what the best opportunities for growing food were. And the hospital came up as one, and mm -hmm. the schools. Uh, were other ones that came up so and a bit more of a specific question um, sort of to touch on something that Haley said a minute ago um, is is there what, what sort of the economic opportunity here not just in a commercial new commercial farm but in people growing their own food or um, the ability to generate um, all kinds of local food businesses or just people growing their own stuff. Uh, and I sort of bring this up because this was, um, came in under the, uh, an, as an economic development initiative in part, so. Yeah. The bigger, I mean, the bigger picture answer to that is that most of the food consumed in Revelstoke comes from away um, and is produced by sort of the larger uh, agricultural system. and. That means that most of the money generated from the food bought in Revelstoke leaves this community. So if you can um, grow and process and cater and, and all of that stuff locally, then that, that money generated there stays in the community. So that's the bigger, you know, the bigger scale answer. In terms of sort of individual opportunity and that sort of thing, um, we were able to tease out some interesting ideas when we were doing our interviews with various farmers and that sort of thing um, in terms of specific product and, and questioning whether, you know, is there, is there demand for local food? Like if, sure, we think it's a good idea for people to grow more vegetables in Revelstoke, but would it sell? Um, and uh, it seems that most of the farmers that we, well, all of the farmers that we spoke to at the farmer's market felt that they were selling out. That if you, if you were careful about what, about what products you were growing and offering, likely they would sell because, and, and that was especially the case for particular things like eggs, even though there are a ton of people in Revelstoke who already have urban chickens. Um, and another product identified was um, were specific needs. Like locally, we can only get beef. Um, we can't get anything. Oh, we can get chicken as well, um, but we can't get anything else. And and green slide, for example, they get asked a lot if they would ever do pork, or is there a source of lamb, or these sorts of things. Um, so it seems that there are a lot of products that people would like to source locally, but that don't exist. Um, I don't know if that... Yeah, the, the other 
one that comes to mind, again, dealing with this issue of space is spin farming. So, you know, most of our food comes from traditional large-scale operations. Um, and, and we did find some numbers for kind of the efficiency of that type of food production versus spin farming. And spin farming was, you know, seven times more efficient in terms of using space. So, um, you know, there's lots of, again, there's lots of little parcels or large parcels in town that could be um, intensively used to grow food. And, and, you know, it's a great business opportunity for, for people. And, and there are some people in town who are already taking advantage of that. But there was, who's the guy out of Kelowna? Curtis Stone. Curtis Stone, yeah. So he's, he's growing food on three farms, I believe, or backyards. And he would expand all the time, but yeah, he started like that. Yeah, and now he's got a, you know, successful business that's come out of it. I think he was up, didn't he come up to Revelstoke like a year or two ago? He was supposed to. Oh. He didn't make it. Okay. Yeah, but he will come. <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading a story about him just a, a couple days ago, actually by chance. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're we're getting uh, close to our our limit, and uh, um, uh, we somebody else's limit there. I'm <laughs> um, just um um I guess one last question: uh, What's next for people? And if people are listening to this and maybe weren't part of this and want to know sort of how they get engaged or what their next steps or how they can connect to. Uh, to um, things that will be uh, arising from this strategy. Um, maybe you could address that a little bit too. Sure, yeah, I would say that, um, although I said earlier that there is going the, the group that's sort of arising out of this strategy will not be based in any of the existing organizations, um, it is currently most active with the North Columbia Environmental Society with, and the chair of that committee right now is Melissa Hempill. Um, so you can always email um, Mel via the NCS, and there with the, it's the Local Food Initiatives Committee, and that will just become an independent committee. I'll put a link up there. Perfect. So there'll be a link to that, Aaron says. And, um, and they are right now just exploring what, you know, how this new committee is going to operate and who wants to be a part of it. And so in a lot of ways, I'd say it's an, it would be an exciting time to get involved because there are some projects already taking place, but they're also at a point right now where they're doing some strategic planning and some long-term visioning. And, and anybody who wanted to get involved, it would be, it would be a good time. Yeah. yeah, the only other thing I would add to that is, um, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. You could ask Alan Mason you know, maybe don't email him constantly, but <laughs> one, of, one of the key recommendations was to start a food security committee, and um, so if there, I assume that will involve members of the public, so if anyone's interested, that's a great way, too, to kind of be involved and give back to your community. All right, well, you guys, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Fraser Blythe and Haley Ross, who are the consultants on the um, Revelstoke food security strategy, which is, it was just newly released to the public in the past month.